Whip my hair back and forth Whip it real good Hop up out the bed and turn my swag on Pay no attention to them haters Cause we whip them all We ain't doing nothing wrong Don't tell me nothing I'm just trying to have fun So keep the party jumping Hello Hello, everyone. We have a guest with us today, uh, Ms. Samantha Walker. Otherwise known as Aerialbox5 on Twitter and Letterboxd. Well, I'm, I'm on Samantha on Twitter now, but <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have, we've been wanting to have you on for some time, and we finally found a topic and good fit for this because we're angry today. <laughs> Very. Yes. Let's, let's, let's back up and note that we covered this round once before in... In many so... In May of 2014, we covered this ground before. That long ago? Jeez. Yeah, that's how long ago it was. We we did a cast calling out the state of fandom, and we thought things were bad. Let's make a list of things that came afterwards. Gamergate came after that. Oh, that. Yeah. Mm. Gamergate came after that. The entire reaction to The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi came after that. Ghostbusters 2016 came after that. DC vs. Marvel came after that. Oh, and pending, uh, the female Doctor Who. The female Doctor Who, though those fans seem to be a little bit muted, thankfully. Good. Probably, probably because Doctor Who has such a massive female fan base. This is true. <laughs> Note, not that Star Wars doesn't. Uh, my co-host for the other show on this uh, network is is the biggest Star Wars fan, so yeah. I know a ton of Star Wars fans. Mm -hmm. So let's be clear that the state of fandom in uh, four years later is very different. And it's much worse. So today we're going to get into all of it and get out style. We're not going to make anybody comfortable. <laughs> let's just get into it. And we're going to start off with an unlikely subject. Because the first one that I want to get to is let's talk about the Oscars. Mm. The Oscars are freshly behind us. And I want to start off by saying that, because that's one of the other things I want to do on this cast, is I want to look at different kinds of fans. So can we start off by agreeing that the past, that the Oscars, that the Oscar season just now was maybe the ugliest we've ever lived through? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I can definitely agree this was definitely the ugliest thing I've seen in my entire adult life at the moment. Uh, and keep in mind, I'm 19. <laughs> this, right. this it got to the point where I could not fucking go one day without hearing someone complain about either Free Billboards or Darkest Hour or even like stuff like like good movies like Shape of Water or Get Out, stuff like that. It's just a living nightmare to the point where I had to quit using the Internet on Oscar night. But even then, I didn't escape the horrors because I had the single worst vomiting experience of my life. Oh, no. <laughs> that night. Related or unrelated? Yeah, completely unrelated, <laughs> but the, the feeling was equal. <laughs> so, yes, this is appropriate in this moment. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think I started, like, my massive, like, violent fire hose up chug of, like, Girl Scout <laughs> cookies and root beer around the time, I think, maybe Francis McDormand won Best Actress, so. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was not fun. It was not fun. 
think Austin commented that uh, Joel, uh, I think that's the one that Francis uh, is married to, uh, Joel Cohen was back there, and uh, he did not look happy. I'd imagine. <laughs> it is kind of, for me, emblematic of everything that's just wrong with current film buff status, which is it's it was so much of a team thing. Like you had team get out, team shape of water. So cl- so clicks basically. Yeah, clicks. team call me by your name, team ladybird, like team free billboards, which let me just say are the fucking worst. <laughs> yeah, they're the worst because they're like, you know, I, I honestly have no interest in seeing that movie. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, is that so? My to understand is that like the the uh, white white people solve racism theme. I. F- Okay, I've, I actually have only seen the first, like, 40 or so minutes, and what I saw was actually not that bad, but the moment I said, like, anything defensive about that movie, people flocked to me when my my context was I was saying that everybody was taking everything about this movie out of context, and that's what was pissing me off. And that's what I think is the big issue with the Oscar season now, is that so many of these people are taking things that have context and meaning and just shaping them into something else so they can appear better than the team they're against. Well, it's like it's like how The Shape of Water was, which I, I'm going to be honest, I've only seen one of the films that was a major contender this year, which was Get Out, and I didn't see that until a few days ago. Yeah. I'm a father. I don't have a lot of time, okay? I did, however, finally get to watch Get Out, and that's going to be the next uh, that's going to be the next cast after this. I'm going to put it that way. Yeah. Um, yes, yes it was brilliant. Yes, it was everything people told me it was. Um but anyway, my point is it's like how uh, The Shape of Water was reduced down to uh at night at most PG, oh it's another little mermaid, but it's reverse. It's. I think the, the the worst and the simultaneously best one I saw was someone said it's SJW Splash. <laughs> that's an actual. <laughs> keep in mind that's an actual thing someone said completely unironically. Which is funny because SJW Ron Howard Splash. is. Splash. Oh. That, that's funny because Ron Howard is a known mega liberal. <laughs> Isn't that even funnier? <laughs> and it's I, so amazing to me. Like, I'll continue. Or according to Tumblr. Uh, the movie where uh, Lady Fucks a Fish. That's yeah. all it's been reduced down to. <laughs> and, that, and and of course, Del Toro was the first to scream out, no, it's an allegory for any kind of an outsider, especially immigrants. He's been very open about the fact that the film is about the immigrant experience, something that he knows that the... You would know all about that, yes. <laughs> and he even started his Oscar speech about it. But, but we can't just say what a class move it was for him to the first people he thanked uh, be Alfonso Cuaron and Alejandro and Yuritu. Mm-hmm. That was class. Yeah. 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 Rock on, man. Shout out your friends. Because they did the same for him. It's like we're, we're all in this together. Like, you know. Kevin, we're the uh, free amigos of filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, what they've, that's what they've called themselves, and that's what they very much have been. Um, but that's the thing. That's the thing. We are, we, the outsiders, are the ones doing this clickish thing. Meanwhile, there was the, the, the image that they caught on the broadcast of when Del Toro won Greta Gerwig very publicly mouthing, I love him so much. Aww. Like, you know, this isn't a competition. This isn't the, the Olympics. These are people that, like, support and love their art to, like, 
are supporting other artists for their accomplishments here. That's what this night is. It's not yeah. your opportunity to go ape shit and say how woke you are for disliking free billboards or darkest hour. Which, by yeah. the way, like, can we just? I don't know why that movie was up for Best Picture, but can we stop, like, acting like that was, like, the worst movie they could have picked for Best Picture that year that could have been an Oscar movie? Like, I the just post- want, I, I just yeah. want to remind people, once again, Crash won Best Picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the bar that 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 should be our forever bottom bar is Crash because I think Crash was objectively the worst movie of 2005, and 2005 was a terrible year for movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, it's the, it's the worst year in the year where most of the movies were terrible. Yeah, I, it's amazing. I, I remember um, uh, being an Oscar party when that was happening and like everybody everybody in the room went crash really because because brokeback mountain was a massive hit Mm -hmm. brokeback mountain was an audience hit and it deserved to win and honestly yeah that was the one that should have won yeah but you know what's funny is brokeback mountain has survived in the cultural eye it's as beloved now as it was then yeah it's i mean that movie has aged like a damn whiskey (laughs) Meanwhile, the only time people talk about Crash is how undeserving it was for Best Picture. Exactly. That's the only exactly. time you see it mentioned. I'm, I'm going to say right now, I have yet to see The Shape of Water. I can't fathom Guillermo del Toro made a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't. I, I, I'm speaking as someone who has seen it, um, and it's, it's stuck with me. Like I saw it in December, and I still think about like certain things yeah. about it. And the thing that most people are overlooking about The Shape of Water, in my own personal opinion is that it's not just the fact that it's a fish man that she falls in love with it's the fact that literally every other human that she she interacts with are so monstrous that she finds actual connection with the actual monster here (laughs) which gee what a very deeply Guillermo del Toro message yeah and meanwhile like Michael Shannon is playing like the most blatant uh when uh what's the word i'm looking for like to d- d- construction of toxic ma- masculinity of the 60s like even down to the fact that he's like wears like a classic like uh what's the sitcom from the 50s uh any like an andy griffin show level like house and like outfit and has a housewife <laughs> and he is so hateful and angry at everybody oh wow i mean just just a side just a side note uh which I find really funny. One of my coworkers was confused by that movie because she thought that uh, that it was related to Hellboy for some reason. Like it was a, like a sort of sequel involving Abe Sapien. And I told her, "Well, there's a reason that you think that. It's because a, it's the same actor, and b, it's the same director." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, it's one of those things. I just, I, I find it impossible to be upset. At a night where Guillermo del Toro won the top prize, I just can't be upset. Mm-hmm. And, and, and keep in mind, this was the night that at least a good amount of people online fought for sure that Free Billboards was going to take home the gold. Yeah. Can you imagine what that would have been <laughs> oh, like? God. It would have been in a, You know what's this funny? This actually brings up a funny thing I, I discussed on my Twitter a few nights ago, is that I'm fairly convinced that I honestly wanted Darkest Hour to win just because nobody would be happy, including the people in the audience that the feed in the it Oscars. Been something. 
It would have been like everybody would have been like a. It would be like the like a Simpsons level like like confusion across uh-huh. the board from everybody there. It would have been something. <laughs> I, I just everybody's looking at uh, looking at Warren Beatty and Fun- Faye Dunaway like what happened? <laughs> like, like, did you read the wrong card again? In fact, that's what Del Toro did. He looked looked at the envelope to make sure it was the right movie they read off. <laughs> did he really? Shot was. Yes, and his reaction shot will make your day. I need to go back. I need to go back he and watch so that. Happy. Like I did I, win. I did actually win this, right? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember the thirty, like the fifteen seconds where La La Land won Best Picture. Oh. And I remember the internet was so ugly, and I saw the takes coming so fast. I was like, "That's it. I'm signing off. I don't want to hear this." Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I heard a shout across the room of a newsroom. What? <laughs> That's the thing that annoys me. That's another thing that annoys me about discourse. I hear everybody trashing. I still hear people trashing how bad La La Land was, which, by the way, I haven't seen it. I've heard it's quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to get around to seeing it because I love the actors. It is great. And I love and I loved Whiplash. I don't hear people talking about how great Moonlight was nearly the same way. Yeah, and that's that the is- thing. Like people. Like would rather trash on something that's really popular and makes people happy than celebrate the fact that a black homosexual bullying, like anti-bullying movie just won the best picture. Like a movie that is everything that you're saying we should be celebrating. Got celebrated. (laughs) Exactly. That's the most absurd thing. And it's the same thing that happened this year with like this, this beautiful and just amazingly crafted love story that deconstructs like the toxic masculinity of the past and of the present and of like what it means to be an outsider. And you're, you're just mad that you're, that there was a scene where the two just actually have a sex scene. Like, <laughs> get over yourself. And by the way, this is not a spoiler in any way. The sex scene that the, the, that everybody goes on about, guess what? It only lasts about five seconds. That is a five-second shot of them embracing each other, and that's it. Oh, that's that's funny. Fine. Um, I will say this. I've also heard people saying that the Academy was scared of Get Out. You know what you do if you're scared of of a movie? Don't nominate it. You don't nominate it. (laughs) And you know what you sure as hell don't do? Give it an award. You sure as hell don't give it Best Original Screenplay. Speaking of, of like, camaraderie and, like... (laughs) Artist, did you see like the shots of um, Michael, um, of, uh, Michael Keegan Michael Key? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah after he won, it's like ah, it was so jubilant. That's the thing. We should have been spending that. We should have been spending the last two weeks, or the last week, so happy that good cinema was recognized that the Oscars for once served as a great shopping list for people of movies to watch, and. I think when it's all said and done, this is going to probably go down as a year that people are going to look at and say, okay, that does reflect the best of cinema. It re- lines up with the best. I mean, for mm-hmm. God's sake, James Ivory finally won an Oscar. That's how good this year was that James Ivory of Merchant Ivory finally won an Oscar. This was a good keep, year. 
Yeah, and keep in mind, this is the first time that not only has a woman director been nominated for Best Original Director or, like, Best Picture or, like, something like that, but also Best Original Screenplay and also Cinematographer and also yeah. the first black person to ever win Best Original Screenplay in the 30 years. Like, that's mm-hmm. monumental. That's, that's enormous. Mm-hmm. This is a and big yet- deal. Yeah, and you would rather complain about a rape mention in the Free Billboards movie? Come on! Get over yourself. I'm just going to say this right now to get it out of the way. You can handle rape in a movie. You can do it. You can do it in a TV show. Many works that I have loved have handled it. It's not a disqualifier. Jessica Jones Season 2 just came out. Oh, did it really? Yep, I need to get on it. I need it. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if it, either of you have seen The Sopranos, but uh, there's one episode that handles it, and like a major character, it happens to a major character, and it is, the scene itself is very uncomfortable, very graphic, but they deal with it in a really good way. Like the, af- the you know, it's all about the aftermath and what she goes through. For God's sake, Kevin Smith has written, has handled has handled this subject before, and it was actually fairly well done. Uh, which movie? Not in a movie, in a comic book, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, in his Spider-Man Black Cat miniseries, he handled the aftermath of such an incident and handled a character and, you know, unfortunately had to put the retcon in that the Black Cat was a survivor of rape. But Mm -hmm. he then handles it in a way that she says, look, I refuse to define myself as a victim. I refuse to let this be the thing that I live with. I'm more than this. It is beautifully handled. It is beautifully written. Hmm. And it's Kevin Smith. So Yeah, like that's the weirdest thing I'm hearing right now. Yeah. But it's actually and it's in a miniseries that's a lot of cheesecake art is the weird part. But it's fantastic. So my point is you can do it, but I'm but this all goes back to my point that I began with earlier, which is a lot of these people didn't see the movies. I refuse to judge these movies until I see them. Exactly. Like I of the Best Picture nominees that I've seen, of all the movies of Oscars I've seen them, I'm just telling you right now, this is the best season we will have in years. Because Definitely. not only are all of these movies actually really good, they show the best of all their qualities. Coming of age, horror, romance, uh, dark comedy, war, like, and like bisexual romance. Like, think about that for a second. Hell, even Spielberg made a new movie and got it nominated. Like, think about that. Like, think about just how much this whole season's means to this. And yet you would still rather complain about it than celebrate it. Spielberg. Yeah. Spielberg. The poster's amazing. Good. I have not seen the post yet. I'll tell you this. Working at a newspaper, you better believe most... I want to stress to people, the reason that I see very few movies, again, is currently curled up in my lap sucking her thumb. <laughs> I am going to have such a good time on video in the next few weeks, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Uh, but The Post, everybody – I work in a newspaper. You better believe everybody I know went to see it. Mm. They, they loved it. Yeah. Yeah, they loved it. Um, I, by the way, I love the fact that Bob Odenkirk has gone from Mr. Show to serious character actor. I was I was so happy when I saw that David Cross was in there too. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, and that they they share they blatantly share a shot 
And it's like, and just like, wow, I am, this is, this is happening right now, and I'm not watching Mr. Show, but yet this could be a shot from Mr. Show. That's awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. That's awesome. I love it. And I know it was intentional. <laughs> yes, it is. Spielberg is a wonderful hook for us to progress this conversation. Oh, yes. Because that's another thing that I'm getting really sick of. Let us be clear. If you read the book Ready Player One and you didn't like it, that is your opinion. You have every right to it. You have every right to express how you did not like it. You are wrong, but you have the right to being wrong. <laughs> you have the you have the right to be wrong. Here is here is what you have you have the you do not have the right to say, I assume the movie is going to be bad. No. Listen, there have been books that I absolutely I did I found Nick Hornby's book about a boy frustrating, mm. aggravating, nauseating, mm. and painful. I found the movie version of About a Boy one of my favorite films of all time. Wow. And ironically, oftentimes adapting the scenes that did not work in the book, adapting them straight, uh, like the suicide scene in the book, it falls oh, yeah. very flat. It, 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 Nick Hornby had no idea what he was doing there. But you know what? It plays in the movie. Let's all be careful about prejudging a movie before we've seen it. I cannot say this enough, and I'm going to have to say this a lot during this cast. Stop prejudging things you haven't seen. Like, it'd be one thing if you just say that you don't like the look of the trailers or you don't like the source material or you have, like, that kind of issue. But everything I'm seeing from people that before this movie even came out, everybody just had this raging hate boner for literally any piece of media that came out about it from trailers, TV spots, stills, actor notes, anything about this movie that you said, you would get piled on mad time for it. And you know what? I'm not going to admit, I'm not going to admit like the book is perfect or like is free of criticism. Like if you dislike the way it handles such things, and if you think it is homophobic, transphobic, that is perfectly reasonable. I can understand that perfectly. But here's the problem. I've read this book. And in fact, I reread the first chapter last night. I'm telling you this, this movie is not the book. You want to know why? Literally everything about the trailers that I've seen in terms of like like story beats, I'm, ge I'm guessing are gonna happen. Not at all like the book. The book. The book's opening. The, I'm, I'm assuming that the movie is going to have the egg introduced in the first 20 minutes. In the book, it's already there. In the book, the puzzles and the races that they had to do are very elaborate, like puzzles and trivia basic. In the movie, I'm guessing it's going to be more like an action, like Matrix kind of style. Book, most of it is not set in the real world. The movie... And, like, she doesn't meet the girl until about literally the last few chapters. And the movie looks like they're going to meet about halfway through. Confirmed. So, All of this is confirmed by the reviews, yes. Yeah. So here's my problem. Like, if you had your issue with the fact that this is an adaptation of what you classify as a bad book, please take in, keep in mind that most of the problems that you have with the book are probably not going to be in the movie. Because like, the, they're separate things. Yeah, and it's not like this is like a hack screenwriter or hack screen, uh, director who's adapting this, who doesn't know what he's doing and wants to stay true to the close source material as possible. This is a guy who 
worked extensively with the author of the book on the movie to make it the most accessible movie he could out of this material. All I know is I've seen something from the last trailer where they're in H's van and uh, he's like trying to do something in the virtual world while a car chase is happening in the real world. And I think that is a fantastic addition. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing as well. Like, it's not like they like this is not what I'm saying about Spielberg working extensively with Klein is not me bullshitting anyone. He has directly stated that he was working extensively with Ernest as to try to make this film makeable. Yes, because Spielberg has has handled unadaptable books before. Um, Has anybody here tried to read Jaws? You really shouldn't. <laughs> you really shouldn't. I, I don't even think people know Jaws is a book. That's the thing. Like, yeah, Spielberg literally. Uh, Spiel, that was another case where Spielberg. He's very hands-on with his screenwriters. Um, was literally working with these guys, going uh, with uh, Carl Gottlieb, going, "Okay, let's take the good parts of the book, and then let's just throw everything else out." Um, and he did that with Jurassic Park as well. For instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For instance, letting the best character in the movie survive to the end. Yeah, and not be a huge dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of that wonderful, <laughs> swarthy Jeff Goldblum charm. Oh, that guy, right, okay. Yeah, because I was yeah, that was another thing. Yeah, you're right, he changed Hammond's character completely. Yeah, Hammond was a complete asshole in the book, and, uh, you know, because he's, he oh, he's the mastermind of it, so that means that, uh... <laughs> He must that, be evil. Yeah, that means he must be evil, and he's, like, complaining about his grandkids and all that. And he's so uh, lovable. <laughs> so stupid. And in the movie, it's like, oh, well, I wanted this thing to work out, but it's really not. <laughs> that poor delusional old man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because um, we talk about the Oscars and about how nonsense the competition is. You know, Richard Attenborough famously beat Spielberg for uh, Best Director for uh, E.T. because Attenborough won with Gandhi. And Attenborough was surprised when Spielberg reached out to him for Jurassic Park because he assumed that Spielberg hadn't let it go. And Spielberg didn't really care. He'd gotten to have the career he wanted. And, you know, it... it, I'm sorry, I'm not going to underestimate Steven Spielberg because this is what the man does. And this was a passion project for him. Let's be completely clear about this. This was not Spielberg going in on a for-hire job. He loved the book. He is famously one of the great omnivores of pop culture. And frankly, uh, I think he's the best person to make this movie because um, I know I know that they can't put everything, like every pop culture reference that's in the book in the film. That would be a nightmare on a... Uh... And a lot of it would be really, really obscure. And you want to know why? I'm not joking. In the book, they reference H.R. Puffin stuff. <laughs> now, here's my question to any of our listeners. Do you have any idea what I just said? Oh, yes. H.R. Puffin stuff. Oh, yeah. And no, it's not a drug dealer or a rapper. It was a giant, like, weird puppet thing on a TV show about, like, a magical boy. and his, It like, was definitely it was... made on drugs, though. Yeah, yeah. There's no denying that. And they also reference the what was it, the Master Quest or something, Atari contest as well? Wow. Those are things that most people are not going to get. And that's the thing. Like, a lot of the references in the trailer are things that people can recognize. But here's the thing as well. 
The reason why they're in there is because this is the digital world for like an updated version of the internet. What's a common thing you see people on like Twitter or Facebook use as avatars? Pop culture characters. Exactly. So I mean, why look, look at mine. Good God. Yeah, I mean, we got Amethyst over here, and like, <laughs> and like you, you're telling me that in the future, where like this virtual reality can allow you to do literally anything that you wouldn't want to drive around in the Mach Five or the A Team van or Christine as like Sonic the Hedgehog or Hello Kitty. Both, by the way, are actual things in the trailer I spotted. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, seriously, I, this is, I can't wait for the movie. I will, I will definitely see it. Um, I, I mean, just again, it's, I, and that's, that's another thing. I'm getting really tired of people being like, I'm above pop culture. I, I'm, I'm, I like, I just, y'all are, y'all are, y'all find memes funny. Yes. Yes, you're damn right I do. There are often really funny ones. Like most of my Twitter long timeliners are really funny memes I have. Yeah, <laughs> and you do good ones. You do good ones. I this is all the the thing is pop culture is pop culture. It is the unifying it is a, a unifying cultural force. It's a lingua franca. It's a common tongue. That's what it is. Why are you mad? So I'm getting that's the thing. It's snobbery is what it is. It's like don't don't pretend that if like you know virtual reality is you know really coming into vogue right now, uh, don't pretend if there was like one shared uh, VR universe that this exact thing would not happen across the board. And I want to stress something too for anybody listening to us. Keep in mind, I am not saying that the only thing people hate about this book is the fact that it has pop culture references. No, My is if you have actual issues with it, that's fine. I really do understand it. My issue is the fact that they don't nearly appear as common as the people who are just ragging on the fact that the movie is centering around remembering things. Oh like, my. that's my issue. Like, if you have legit criticisms, speak them out. But don't rag on something just because you recognize a few things and that's the only thing that the movie is doing. Like, that is so infuriating to me because it's Juvenile. all I see in my t Twitter line timeline. It's like, hey, remember this? Remember that? Remember that? Yeah, I do. You know why? Because I read the fucking source material. Rip. It's just – it's absurd that people are this one note. and You nailed it. If you have legitimate criticisms – we're going to say this throughout this cast. If you have legitimate criticisms, we want to hear them. We do want to discuss legitimate criticisms. Legitimate criticisms are wonderful. That's just not what we're discussing today is the thing. We're discussing the illegitimate criticisms. I mean, that's just it. There are legitimate criticisms that people have, and I'm fine with that. I just don't feel like complaining about people – because here's the thing. Everybody has nostalgia. I have nostalgia. Um, one of the reasons I think I love San Junipero so much as an episode of uh, Black Mirror is that it addresses nostalgia so well. Funnily enough, that's one of the things that I've heard very few criticisms about. Huh, it's almost like there's an immediate bias against this book for existing, basically. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, a lot of, like, I don't know many people that have actually read the book. And the people that have read the book do have legitimate criticisms. But here's the thing. I've read this book, like, all the way through. I am telling you right now, the pop culture references are justified because the entire mystery of what's going on in the book revolves around solving it. Like, finding clues within them. 
I would love, and that's the kind of thing, if that was a real thing that, that we had to deal with, I would love that. That would be so much fun. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they actually, there's like an actual integrate lore and history of what's going on to the point where I'm not joking. At one point in the books, he has to go through like old Crunch, Captain Crunch commercials to figure out what the hell he's supposed to do to find the second key. That's brilliant. That's that's actually brilliant. Ooh. I need to read this book. I, you know, you I've do. got it. I've got it at hand. I need to just say that I've, I'm reading, let's see, I'm reading. I, I'm reading a graphic novel right now. I should be able to switch over to this pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, especially and since if it's going to be different from the movie, I do want to read it. And yeah. Compare. And, and that's the thing. Like, there is a legitimate reason for most of what happens in the book and why mm. they're so intricately released in pop culture. And that's the thing as well. I'm watching the trailer and, like, they haven't given us a lot of hints as to what the actual quest is going to be like. So my question is, what are the tasks going to be changed to? Mm-hmm. And that's a question I don't think anyone's addressing because the tasks in the in the novel are really, really weird. Like at one point, the it's not a minor, it's not a big spoiler. It's like the first few chapters. The first task he has to do is go through an old Dungeons and Dragons uh, lair and fight uh, a Lich King at Joust. And then after that, he has to find um, the first gate to use the key on. And you know what he has to do as soon as he enters the gate? He has to go through the entire movie of War Games as Matthew Broderick, yeah. note for note, line for line, yeah. exactly, down to moat. Like, that's not something that anybody can do. That shows you, like, how intricate this world is, that they have to memorize, like, such minor details if they want to win this thing. And that shows you how insane this creator is, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I found it, I found it really amusing when the last, cha- when one of the last challenges was, uh, he had to go through Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's, I mean, I, I can get behind something like that. That, I'm really looking forward now to reading this and watching this. I, uh, y- y'all sold me. Uh, especially because I need to switch to something fluffier. <laughs> I say fluffier as if I didn't read a Star Wars comic this morning. Yeah. One of the most baffling uh, criticisms I saw, like the first bit of backlash I saw was somebody commented, uh, so like, oh, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be Twilight for guys. It's like, what <laughs> What the fuck does that mean? Also, also I still I'm don't wondering. know what that means. Let's, in fact, you know what? That's a wonderful opportunity. Let me pause and say something. Now that we've really had the chance for all the waves of it to go down, Okay, Twilight was filled with some really icky stuff about abusive relationships, and I'm not going to deny that. But was it really that bad? Like, I, I really do have to kind of stop and go, was it really that bad? I think I read, like, the first few chapters of the book back when it, like, was still popular. I don't remember hating it. Like, I remember just thinking not, it was like... The first movie is fine. The first movie, honestly, uh, is... Fine. Now, do I love the Rift Tracks editions? Yes, of course I do. But I, I thought the third movie was pretty entertaining. Um, I thought the second movie was atrocious. But even then, it was fun bad. It was fascinatingly bad. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, it feels like Twilight became one of those things. We hated it because we were told to hate it. 
And, and I, uh, it's like a thing for girls, teenage girls to gush over. And that's like a big thing we have to hate now. But meanwhile, we're letting it slide with things for guys because. Like, like, like let's I'm just going to say this. Are the Twilight movies really any unhealthier than the Judd Apatow movies, which were popular at the same time? Are they any unhealthier than the trans, the five Transformers movies that we have? Oh, no, no, no. They're much healthier. They're yeah, much yeah, healthier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm speaking as someone who binged watched all four of those movies on Twitter over the course of a week. Let me tell you, it was literally taxing on my soul. Yes. I felt bad for you because I I watched that. I watched that play out. That was fun. I had the. (laughs) Okay. To give you a good idea, I had to watch the latest movie, the fifth one. I'm not joking. I started like talking about that movie on Twitter around two. I finished at 11. It yeah. gave me that much material to work with. Oh. It is the most insane thing I have ever seen in my life. Maybe I need to watch this. Uh, that does sound fun. Um, you know what's funny is that was the only trailer that they put on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, my God. Well, there's a difference in quality. Yeah. Man, I, but, but like seriously, um, Transformers had really unhealthy – handlings of relationships oh and then we and then of course uh the thing that everybody was okay with doing was uh trashing megan fox and calling her these just the worst names under the sun names that impugned her character ignoring the fact that actually none of them had anything to do with who she really was yeah i will point out that uh while her relationship has had its ups and downs she is still with the same man that she was with Many like they've been together for at least ten years. Uh, you know, she seems like a very stable, sane, very pleasant person. Uh, and also, I've actually seen her do some fine work in some other movies. This is going to be the tenth anniversary of Jennifer's Body this year. I look forward to writing on that one. <laughs> oh my god, it's been that long. I dig that movie. I, that uh, that movie's awesome. I haven't it's... seen it. And I need to. Diablo Cody. Diablo Cody. I, I I will stand for her. That's a there's another one. Juno. Wow, did Juno take a lot of hatred because it was for teenage girls, and it was a really profound and deep movie, actually. Yeah, it was. It's almost God. like the industry and these fuckers all have a bias against females. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. We 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 were we were going after our liberal friends for a while. Yeah, that, that part of the cast is over. That part of the cast is over. Uh, in, in short, in short, the last thing I'm going to say on that note is, seriously, don't assume someone's evil because they like something that you find morally objectionable. They may very well just like the craftsmanship. And are we, are we, are we going to act like most of the things that they like aren't like deeply problematic and morally wrong oh, in God, some ways? Like, profoundly. There's a guy on... Uh... Uh, Tumblr, YouTube, whatever, uh, goes by ProZD. His name's, uh, Sun, Sun, Sun Uh, Sun, Sun Wong. That's it. Uh, he makes, like, these little short videos, like, making fun of, making fun of fandom, basically. And, in one of the videos, like, he, like, it, it's one of those things where he puts on skits where he plays everybody. I don't like this thing, but I like that thing. I like that thing. What the fuck? I like that thing. You know, there are people who exist that like that thing. We will not be silenced, you fucking son of a bitch. I like that thing. 
I like that thing. But I do like this thing. I don't like that thing. I don't fuck. That thing fucking sucks. I fucking hate that thing. Oh! <laughs> it sounds like a Dr. Seuss book when you say it like that. <laughs> well, well, let's face it. Green eggs and ham is fundamentally the uh, original version of all of this. Probably, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just, it's so silly. And so, but but, but we, we were getting on to something about how female stuff gets hated. Yeah, that's that's the um. I just read the Ghostbusters 101 miniseries the other night, um, which crossed over the '84 Ghostbusters and the 2016 Ghostbusters. Uh, it's an IDW miniseries, six issues, amazing. Uh, I can't stress this enough. When IDW does a miniseries like this, they do it. They give you everything you ask for. Uh, they did it when they did the Star Trek: The Next Generation Doctor Who miniseries which was incredible. Uh, they did it when they did the Star Trek um, Green Lantern miniseries they've done, which are great. And then they did uh, Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters, where the two versions met. Uh, they did Ghostbusters Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was awesome. They did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman, which was awesome. And then they did this one, where they actually explained the entire Ghostbusters multiverse and they bring in these characters. And the idea that they come up with is that fundamentally the 2016 version needs to see itself as just as valid as the 84 version. Y'all, why in the hell was this movie as yelled about as it was for so long? And why can you still not bring it up on Twitter? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I I own the movie on Blu-ray. I've seen it three times. I I've don't know. <laughs> I've got it digitally. I've got a digital copy. It's it's wonderful. It's it's hilarious. It's a good story. It's well made. It's great. Oh god, yes. I loved that movie. Uh my favorite thing that came out. I forgot what other movie. Oh yeah, it was um no, that was twenty fifteen. There's another movie that came out that year uh that uh, people just sort of went, hey, if if 2016 has taught us anything, it's that the, the, it's that the real bad guy is whiny white boys. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, God, have... what was that? <sighs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, The Force Awakens, which we are going to get to, yes, um, that was... very, much has, that as a, very yeah. much has that as a theme. That might have been the other movie, but yeah. Yeah, Kylo Ren is so much the embodiment of this. I cannot wait to get to this new Star Wars movies. We're going to be doing that uh, later in the cast. But anyway, yeah, the idea that we're making these guys villains, because they are villains, uh, I would advise everybody to really look at the profile of mass shooters. Like that's the, In fact, that's actually the thing that drives me nuts, is they're mad because they're portrayed as whiny in movies. I'm sitting here looking at these statistics going, no, you're worse than whiny. You're violent. Mm-hmm. Like my like my favorite movie of last year, Colossal, directly references this toxic masculinity in ways that, like, I'm not joking. As someone who has experience with verbal and physical abuse, is the best I've ever seen of a of abuser. I need and, to get on that one. And the reason why is because it does something I don't think any other movie I've seen about abuse does. 
it got the perfect person to portray this. Jason Sudeikis is the perfect person for this, not just because he's like an average looking dude or because he's a comedian, but because he has the perfect tone of voice. Because whenever you think of what any of these fuckers who are, are shooting up schools are always whiny, you always picture this snarky, sarcastic kind voice. of like kind of like a New Englandish style voice and Sudeikis encaptures that perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, he really is the perfect guy to go to for this. Uh I seriously, these guys are the villains in real life. And they don't like it's like why they hated Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cuz it made them the villains. <laughs> quite literally like many times directly stating it <laughs> to the point where they literally had the words we are not things painted uh -huh. on the back of the wall <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, if that wasn't if George Miller wasn't explicit enough of, of his goals and what he was thinking he had to literally <laughs> spell it out for you I've heard yeah. people argue that that movie isn't a feminist movie my response what were you smoking what movie were you watching I, I I can't think of a movie much more direct in it. I so aggressively blatant about it too. That's the funny thing. Like the best analysis I've seen in that movie is like the um like the uh, thing of how the War Boys uh treat like impending death or something like that or treat death uh, and uh, how like the survivors of the um. I forgot what they're called. But yeah, the people they're going to, uh, like, there's, like, you know, it's, witness me! Like, they, it's very showy. It's very, you know... They're all literally white. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, and the way, like, the girls do it is, you know, they do, it's a silent gesture. It's the, you know, reaching out the hand and clasping it to the heart. You know, sort of thing. It's like, yeah... <laughs> Yeah, Miller wasn't subtle. Miller was no. not subtle in the least. No. Uh, but again, they, they reject these movies because they say something uh, about them that, yeah, I think we're going to have to get to Star Wars now. I think we're going to, I think we'll yeah. have to get Star Wars now, more or less, because Star Wars has become such an embodiment of this. I mean, that's the thing. But I, I'm not done with Ghostbusters yet, but I mean, we're going to have to get to that soon. Uh, it's just, the thing is, I look at Ghostbusters 2016, I see such a fundamentally white film, such a fundamentally silly, fluffy movie mm -hmm. that's not trying anything serious. It's just trying to have fun characters. God, I love Leslie Jones so much. And can I just say that that if success is the best revenge, man, she's just killing it. Mm -hmm. Because SNL has been using her like... I mean, they know what they've got with her, and they use her so well each week. Mm -hmm. um, her, you know, the way that she was involved in the Olympic coverage was great. The way that she's refused to let the horrible way that she was treated, you know, get her down and hold her back has been great. It's just th these were fun characters. This was, it's just such an inconsequential film to be this mad about. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, and it has it has cameos from uh, all the original Ghostbusters, which is great, including I did I missed it the first time, but including from Egon, there's a bust of yeah, them. Yeah, which I like that they did that. I mean, it's, yeah, 
it's it's just like this is not a profound political statement. No, ironically, it's the pro- profound political statement that everyone seemed pretty okay with with Get Out. <laughs> yeah, the movie that is like about like the these like liberal racist people literally using black bodies and <laughs> in the most horrifying ways possible. No, that's the one that everyone was okay with. That's the one that everybody's united on. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. I mean, I sat there when I was watching that movie last week just going, I cannot – I can only believe that this movie got made as a $5 million movie because I cannot imagine a studio paying one penny more for this. I cannot imagine how scared Universal must have felt because the only way that, that movie got made as it did was under Bloomhouse's deal, which is they can greenlight any movie under $7 million. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so basically Jason Bloom steamrollered it through and said, listen – you have to make this movie. We have a deal. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, that That's actually wonderful. brings up a really funny story that happened to me when I, I used to work in a movie theater, and we I was working the week, and then a movie came out. And one time I was going to, to do a theater check during, like, the third act of that movie when shit's starting to get really real. And as I'm turning around and going back up the aisle, I see this black guy sitting with his white girlfriend just whispering to himself, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. It was so funny. I I mean, it's funny to me that, again... That was the movie that didn't stir up any angry discussions. Ironically, it's the movie that is stirring up angry discussions over the fact that it didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just remember uh, watching that movie, and like it, it, I had a funny, I had a great audience moment because you know, it was predictably uh, a mixed, a mixed race audience, and yeah. in Kansas City, I would imagine it would be. Yeah. And uh, just when the big moment happens, like the big reveal, there was like in the audience, like, you know, half the audience was reacting to it, which is wonderful. That's what you want. But it's, but it's just like, oh, and there's like whispers and like, oh, and from the back, shh. <laughs> yes, yes, it was a white person. I'm just oh, like, do you know, imagine. do you know, I wanted to turn around and just say, hey, do you know what movie you're in? here's my stance you someone when they're not if someone's reacting to the movie Mm -hmm. you shut the hell up and let them react oh yeah (laughs) that's the fun of going to a movie Uh, when i saw um like i saw the strangers uh pray at night today and um most of the time was uh, us reacting to it but there's a point in the movie where uh the girl is about to shoot like one of the guys and i just hear people in the audience just saying screaming shoot her shoot her (laughs) when i saw shoot her that's awesome that's why you go to the movies Um, or when i saw um it opening weekend and i was in like a packed theater i just kept repeatedly yelling fuck this clown every yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. and everybody in the theater was just dying <laughs> you, movies are a communal experience i'll tell you when i get annoyed is uh because like when i went to see pan's labyrinth there was a guy who pulled out his cell phone and actually said aloud man i've been looking forward to this movie for some time yeah obviously so put your goddamn cell phone away, shut the hell up, and watch the movie. Because you're not watching smart. it. Wow. But I guarantee you the only reason that he did it was because it was subtitled. Yeah, which... Oh, that... 
I've told this story before on this cast, but I'll never forget when I went to see Hero, and a full third of the audience at the first subtitle got up and walked out. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Wow. I'm telling you, people left furious. <laughs> because they didn't realize it was subtitled. How dare we have to read? <laughs> of course, I knew the movie was subtitled. I wouldn't have gone to see it if it was dubbed. I thought this was a movie, not a book. Thank you for proving me... Thank you for proving every bad stereotype, Russell Bill Arkansas. Thank yeah. you. I, I loved that. I, and seriously, I love heroes so much. That's such a good movie. Um, but anyway, like, I, I just, no, I, it's just funny to me that, oh, we've gotten off track, and this is a fun off track. This is a good off track. I, I like, we always go off track. That's the fun of these discussions. But like, again, I just find it fascinating that Get Out, which was an actual controversial movie in theory no i mean in fact the people who you would have expected would have been most offended by it i.e the movie the people of the movie was targeting they loved it my parents loved it my, my parents loved that movie <laughs> um so it's just funny to me it's just funny to me all of this is funny to me mm-hmm. again i just think about all of this this toxic toxic stuff so let's talk about star wars shall we Yes, let's. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start off by saying that we're not going to get too much into our opinions about the new movies. All three of the uh, Now, Samantha, I know you did not like Rogue One nearly as oh, much as we did. Yeah, I know. And that's fine. That's fine. The joy of having different opinions is that I have read your criticisms, and I think that you've done a fantastic job of enunciating them. I will say as well, I might be slightly biased against Rogue One because I had to work the opening weekend of it, and it was oh, the, yeah. literally the most uh, – It no joke, it almost made me quit my job. It was that bad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And, you know, I, I again, you've enunciated your opinion very well in multiple multiple times, and I I don't agree with it, but I have all the respect for it because you've expressed it well. However, we're all agreed that the episodes that Disney has released so far have been fan frickin tastic. Incredible. Uh, just, yeah. I, I'm going to say this. When I saw The Last Jedi, I had gone offline the day before mm-hmm. so that I could avoid spoilers because I had an eight, like a 9 a.m. ticket for the, for the movie. And I saw it in a complete void. And when I walked out, I thought that was one of the most mind-blowing, exciting thrilling movies i've ever seen in a theater i then got online and had to hear about the backlash and how mad people were about it i i facepalmed i was so annoyed i was just like really (laughs) this is the the movie that you're getting mad about Mm -hmm. this 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 movie which had a clear A to B to C story, had fantastic structure, utterly stunning cinematography, fantastic performances. And here are the things that people were mad about. We've all heard about the MRA edit of uh, the movie. No. Like, what is this? Oh, I get, I get to go into Oh, this. boy. Let me get some what, popcorn. What so the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> What's this bullshit? <laughs> it is bullshit. Um, yeah. Well, let's see. It is an edit that heavily de-emphasizes Holdo. Because 
you know, when you want to make your movie worse, cutting down Laura Dern's screen time, that's a great way to make it better. <laughs> that's a great way to make it better. Um, oh, my God. So cutting down her screen time, cutting out every implication that Poe was wrong. Ah. <laughs> Which, it's not as if that was a major, major plot point that Ryan Johnson repeatedly emphasized for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, cutting down a lot of Ray's skills. Ugh. Cutting out almost everything that uh, Rose said or did. Wow. Wow. I want to say replacing Holdo with Admiral Akbar in the uh, final sequence. Yeah, because Admiral Akbar was a character that people had feelings for and were familiar with, and so it would have greater emotional impact if Akbar was the one to pull that off. By the way, keep in mind that all anybody knows about Akbar is what he looks like and one line that he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Again, cutting out Rose because she didn't do anything. Bullshit! <laughs> oh, so much bullshit. <laughs> Infinite bullshit. Oh, my um, God. And making Luke's uh, finale more dignified and stuff like that. By the way, the cut that they wound up with, just to show how successful they were, is 45 minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Out of it, and that's impressive because this is the longest Star Wars movie to date. A two and a half hour movie. <laughs> I think they got it down to about forty eight minutes. Jesus Christ! Okay, Samantha that's a disaster. Me up on this. That's cr- I'm not wrong about that, am I? No, no, you're right. <laughs> wow. No, I have not seen it. No, I have no desire to see it. No, no, no. no. Uh, I'm good. I, 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 yeah, they really and truly are. Again, I know that a lot of them really did not take well to the idea that Poe was made into not a villain, but a fool. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't like that the movie goes in and takes that hotshot um, rebel who does what he wants trope and reveals, hey, this kind of person in real life would actually be terrible. Yeah, they'd be kind of a piece of shit. And cause the death of literal hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like that's that. another thing. And that's not an exaggeration. It's literally said in the movie. Literal mm-hmm. hundreds of people have died because of him. Yeah. With, with... Yeah, that one scene in the movie, it's like, oh, yeah, any other movie, like, hell, even, like, taking the, uh, well, okay, that's not a good uh, comparison because uh, the Death Star was going to blow up uh, the Rebel base. And kill all of them. Yeah. But, like, this was this was basically an inconsequential mission that they could have run away from and, mm-hmm. you know, recoup their forces. But instead, like, just that shot where Leia's looking down at the screen at how many they've lost. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, this was not yeah. worth it. This was not worth it at all. Yeah. It's a violent deconstruction. And because it happens so early in the movie, it shocks you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shocks you into going. Oh, this movie is not going to handle the tropes that we're familiar with the in a way that we're used to, is it? And it doesn't. The Last Jedi spends the entire the entire point of the movie is saying how nostalgia is lethal. Um, it, it, it really is, and so I understand why people reacted so badly to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I love too that people are expecting JJ Abrams to come back in and be like, oh no no no, I'm going to issue a corrective and I'm going to fix all the things that you liked about it, that you hated about it. I mean, uh, no, Abrams isn't going to do that. Thank God. Abrams pretty loudly said that he loved Ryan Johnson's script. He approved of it. I, I but again, I love that there's a reference to hardware wars in that movie. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. <laughs> but it's like. But 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 let's get to Rose because she is we I could go off on how fanboys hate that Ray is overpowered and all that. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. We've had this we've heard these debates for the last two years. I'm sick of them. Mm-hmm. Ray is not Ray is not any more powerful than Lucas. If anything, she might be more justifiably uh powerful in that she was someone who lived as a scrapper uh and who had to fend for herself. Ray's still makes perfect sense in that light. Yeah. There, end of story. Let's talk about the racist, bigoted views that people have against Rose. Because I really think that we can't separate the fact that there's definite racism there. And what annoys me about like the whole disclosure about Rose is the fact that, honestly, when I first saw her, I was almost one of those people. I was like, oh, God, no. Like, I don't want to see this. But then... As soon as it's revealed what exactly she's there for, as soon as she takes care of what Finn is trying to escape, it became clear to me, like, oh, this isn't just a typical fangirl character. This is a person. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like a person who actually wants to help this world and doesn't want more people to li- run away from it. Mm-hmm. In fact, yes. that's the whole reason why they go to Canto Bright in the first place, is they're trying to find someone to help them. And to anyone who says that whole sequence is poison, is pointless. I am not, I mean full offense when I say this, you were not paying attention to anything up to that point. No. Any scene that didn't have Luke or Ray, you checked out. You, you, you went into the sunken zone when that happened. <laughs> that's what happened. Nice. You did. You did. Very nice. <laughs> because that sequence, it is established over and over again. First of all, if anything, the sequence serves a giant thematic purpose. It is okay for things to be in there that maybe don't serve the plot as much as they do the theme, because theme is incredibly important. And even then, it's still an intricate sequence because it also... It is! It it gateways into points that mean to the climax of the film where everybody is, like, down to nothing, and the Empire has the upper hand now, and also that Finn realizes that both sides of of this war are... In the way, they're, they are equally evil in this whole thing because they're benefiting off of the suffering of hundreds of people. Exactly. There are... It's incredibly important to the plot. Like, again, you are not paying attention. If you, like, watch that entire sequence off, like, you are missing so much by doing that. You really are. One of the best things, I think... Um, I was talking to one of my coworkers about this actually. I think I think that's right. Um, was you know if you're mad about the Jedi, like um, about Luke wanting the Jedi to you know go away, you were not paying attention to the prequels because uh, yeah. the Jedi Council <laughs> they fucked they, every, they fucked everything up. Like they are the re- they are kind of the reason. No, they are the reason that they crumbled. 
Yeah. Right. Ah. And that's a theme that runs throughout Star Wars is people who think that they're in the right are proven to be in the wrong. Yeah. You see that over and over and over again in the series. Like that's the that's my favorite criticism of this is The Last Jedi didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. <laughs> what the hell do you think a Star Wars movie is? And that's the thing that bugs me the most with these people is that they never they just say things. They never make direct examples. Mm-hmm. Like these are buzzwords that people always use, like pointless, plot hole, uh, needless, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But they never ever give any explanation as to why. It's There's no cinema why. Sins. Yeah, it's cinema sins thinking. And like it's it's, just, it's the same with Ready Player One. It's the same with Shape of Water. It's the same with all of these fucking things that we are discussing. Nobody is ever talking about the why. Why is this unneeded? Why is this is hurting your feelings? Why? 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 You're always focused on the how, but you're never focused on the why. And the why matters. The why matters all the way. But no, but you're right. No one's discussing this. And. They have to be. Um, it's, but it's because it's because we, we. I swear, people watch these movies on such a shallow, unengaged level. They really do. I like because again, most of the time when someone brings up something that's a plot hole, it's explained. Yeah, like I can think of examples of plot holes that are very explicit. Like, I can't think of them right now, but I have seen plot holes. They are gaping, they are big, and they hurt the movie. I mm-hmm. did not experience that once while watching The Last Jedi. And no. if there are, they're nitpicks at best. Like, minor like minor mistakes. Because are we going to act like every single movie doesn't have one or two little details that don't match up correctly? Mm-hmm. Casablanca is loaded with them. Loaded. <laughs> it's it's almost wall-to-wall them. <laughs> it's the Swiss cheese of cinema. It's still the greatest movie ever made, in my opinion. But I... There are... It's just... It's seriously... You can sit here with any movie. Like, that's the thing. Movies have become gamified, where it's like, you can calculate this to a numerical... It's like we're trying to find a numerical amount for these things, and it's ridiculous. Because no, you can't. You can't. I mean, God, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has really done a number on cinema to some degree. And you know what the funny thing is? Most of the people that complain about Rotten Tomatoes don't know how Rotten Tomatoes work. Right, exactly. They don't. I I loved, uh, I forgot what movie it was, but I loved when people are like, Either petitioning Rotten Tomatoes to, like, change a percentage, or they're like, oh, Rotten Tomatoes was paid such and such. It's like, no, 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 no. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't actually have critics. It's an <laughs> aggregator. It's, it's a, an, yeah, exactly. It's it's a literal collection of reviews by people that don't work for this company. Exactly. And, yeah, the, well, I was about to make a point, but I'm going to save it because... We're going to get to that one. We're going to get to that one. Um, But it's just ridiculous to me. And as I said, you just sit here and it's absurd. It really, all of it's absurd. It really is. Um, I, so as I said, getting back to Star Wars, there's this intense protectiveness that these people feel about these movies 
And they're not understanding that other people... I don't know. It's weird for me because I should theoretically be one of those people. You know, I've talked before very openly about how Star Wars kept me sane during the worst moments of my life. It has, you know, I have profound nostalgia for Star Wars. Star Wars was my childhood. Mm -hmm. I love it the same way that these people and, you know, so I understand your arguments that you're mad because Okay, all of a sudden you're, you're, the movie does away with the idea that the Jedi are this big, powerful force and that Luke is uh, flawless. I understand being hurt by that. It does sting to find out, wow, he's really got his problems. It's good, though. That's what you're supposed to feel. But the thing is that his problems are justified. That's the thing. It is justified. Man, The Last Jedi is just such a good movie. Like, that's the thing, like, I'm, I'm like, when I first saw that movie, and I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm hearing Luke talk about the Jedi, and what happened with Kylo, and then, and then, like, I hear two sides of the story, and then he finally confronts about what's really going on, and I'm hearing, like, in my back of my head, like, people are complaining about this, like, they're, this is they brilliant think this is writing. This yeah. is, like, brilliant writing, because you know why? Luke is fearful! That's his entire character! Mm-hmm. And that's been who he's been since the very start of the series, damn it! Hell, the reason why he goes to the why he goes to the Cloud City and Empire is because he's fearful of what's happening to his friends. Mm-hmm. He, this he is, is the type of the This is the character that acts on a whim, on fear. So if he senses something dark inside his his nephew, of course he's gonna take action. But here's the thing: he stops. Because he realizes it's not the right thing, but by the time he does do it, it's too late. That, that's brilliant. Yeah. And again, that's what's driving me nuts is you're you're whining about this. You're downvoting this on Rotten Tomatoes. You're you're throwing a hissy fit over this, and it's genius. This is, this is a genius film, and you're throwing a fit about it. Because <sighs> Because you didn't like that the Asian girl uh, had lines and wasn't stereotypically pretty. That's what you're whining about, you horrible people. Oh, my God. I just, I mean, and, and it's just, I can't, I, I just can't with these people. I, it's, it's frustrating to me. Again, I've read some criticisms of the movie that were well thought out and I didn't agree with them, but they were well-written and they made sense to me. I understand that the tone didn't connect with a lot of people. It's a very strange tone. It's dark. But, for God's sake, and and again, I just love that whole, it's not Star Wars. Man, let me sit you down and tell you what's not Star Wars. Uh, Does your definition of Star Wars include an A? Because that's the thing I love is the guys that want the expanded universe back. Oh. Okay, so your version of Star Wars includes, well, apparently you, uh, it includes an alien invasion? Really, an alien invasion. We're good with that, but that's Star Wars, but this isn't. And no disrespect <laughs> to the new Jedi Order, I love the new Jedi Order, but that's your version of Star Wars and this isn't. Wow. Wow. And again, I'm just... Also... You're complaining that uh, Holdo was a bad character, but you have a Boba Fett avatar? (laughs) (laughs) Talk about characters that don't really exist. 
Boba Fett is awesome one place and one place only, and that's on the Clone Wars where he's an idiot. <laughs> Boba Fett is awesome on the Clone Wars because he's just an idiot. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and by the way, they brought back the actor that played him in uh, Episode 2 to play him on this. It's, it's, oh, it's good. good. Yeah, that's cool. That was cool. In the films, like, all he is is a helmet. That's it. Yeah. Like, a helmet, a, cool and, prop. a helmet and two lines. <laughs> but there are people that will tell you he's their favorite character. The, he's not a character. He's not. He's just, he's not. <laughs> he's a look. But again, that's the thing that drives me nuts is these fanboys for these, it's like Darth Maul didn't have a character until a, a the animated series. A helmet and a shit. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Darth Maul didn't have a character until the animated series. Now, he did get a great character eventually. He got an awesome character. But... That actually kind of reminds me of one of my favorite uh, tweets on, about The Last Jedi. Like, a guy going on about the prequels and how, like, everything they were complaining about was it what he experienced with, like, a really long time. Like, what, like my, it was uh, like, oh, you're really sad that this really cool villain character got sawed in half? Gee, I want to know what that would have been like! And it's like a picture of Darth Maul. <laughs> That's the thing man. that kills me. Is, I have to remind myself, I've lived through this twice. Yeah. Because I love the prequels. I, I do. I love the prequels, and I have no qualms about saying so. Yeah, he uh, Austin has uh, uh, definitely swayed my opinion on them. I, I I don't pretend that they don't have problems, and that episode one isn't, you know, definitely has some serious issues. I like episode two a lot more than most people, but you, you it's just I've been through this with Star Wars. It's like, what is enough to make you people happy? Episode 7 was pure Star Wars, you know, in terms of familiar, and it was too much like the original. The Last Jedi, we're throwing everything out and burning it. It's it's not enough. What do you people want? Mm-hmm. This is just, it's just, it's whininess. And again, if you have legitimate concerns, that's great. Rock on. I've heard them. But what, but if your complaint are these it's just it's silly and again the people that want the expanded universe back stop it just stop it i love the expanded universe i wrote five thousand words on the expanded universe for the blog stop it though mm-hmm. stop it stop it the expanded universe was great but it's over and besides which the best thing about the expanded universe was that was arguably the character of thrawn well you got him in canon are you happy where is he in canon? He's in Rebels. He's oh. in Rebels. Oh, nice. Yeah, he, he's the big bad for much of Rebels, actually. You got it. So I want to switch gears now to what's probably going to be my final point, but I saved this one for last because it's it's a good one. Y'all, can we talk about Marvel versus DC? Oh, God. Because I can't think of anything that emblemizes bad fandom more than this. I'm going to start this by making... You mean the people that sent literal death threats to people? Yes. 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 I'm going to talk about... That's kind of a running theme with people in fandoms, that they always send death threats. You're an honest that's, like, really creepy. I've I've gotten... I've gotten harassment. I've gotten harassment. I can make the most profound political statement online. Nothing. I made a (laughs) a joke that Zack Snyder's fans are a cult, and I got the nastiest messages. By the way, they're a cult. They're a cult, they're a cult, they're a cult, they're a cult, they're a cult. 
I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> like I, I, I am a like a small part of that circle. Let me tell you, they get weird. Like weird in the only way that a cult would be be. And the weird part is, I like of Zack Snyder's movies that I've seen. Well, I don't really count Justice League as his movie. So when you factor that one out, I've liked all but one of the movies that he's done. That's the crazy thing. And I've outright loved some of his movies. I've gone to the mat so hard for Watchmen and mm -hmm. for Man of Steel. I love them. I think they're great movies. Mm -hmm. And I st that, doesn't, that doesn't insulate you. The, 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 I'm, I'm just going to start this off by point. I just want to point this out. You're right that they do get really weird. And I'm going to also point out this isn't something that's going on between the filmmakers. There's a very friendly connection between the two. They get along great. The, the, uh, like Marvel's filmmakers were all really happy about Wonder Woman being a hit, praised it, tw tweeted responses of love for it. James Gunn had nothing but the nicest to say about it. But no, 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 no. We, we've got to we've got to play this as this this rivalry. It really is a cult. It really is, and it has weird subdivisions too. I've known at least one guy who was a diehard Fox Marvel fan. I didn't even know they existed. <laughs> I said I've known one. I didn't, know <laughs> I didn't say I knew a lot. I said I knew one. Yeah, oh, I knew one. Yeah, I know one guy who seriously he loves what Fox is doing with the X Men movies and doesn't want to see them lose the rights. And by by as a result means that he will defend the Fantastic Four movies hard. Oh no! Oh no! Oh honey, no! What are you doing? No! No! Oh. I can no. get like defending the first two, but like. After the Trash Trank one, which I I admittedly like more than most people, but like you can't even talk about that movie without like saying like it is like a really violent, like really aggressively off movie in every single aspect. And that's not what you want for Fantastic Four. Exactly. All I know, all I know that puts that puts me off about that about seeing that movie. Is uh, the explanation of uh, the It's Clover and timeline? Oh God! Oh. No, no. What the hell were you thinking? Oh. Again, I haven't seen it's the like movie, just, and so I'm like not going to pull. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I haven't seen the movie. I may very well enjoy it when I get to see it. But for the love of God, why did that have to be the explanation for Ben Grimm's catchphrase? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's such a like a weird scene too because I've seen the movie like twice like once on a cam copy and once on an HD copy and like it's the most random thing because all his brother does is just burst open the door run up to Ben Grimm and go hey it's clobbering time and that's the only time you hear it until the ending like, no 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 that's bad wow it's the weirdest fucking thing I wonder if that was I wonder if in the original cut that was given more fleshing out. I I know full well that movie is not Trank's fault entirely. No. No, that was... what's, weird, what's weird about that movie is that like the stuff that Trank does is actually kind of interesting, but then like as soon as like you can tell like Simon Kinberg took over the second half, it just takes a detour into the most baffling thing ever. I have no idea what I think about Simon Kinberg doing I don't, Dark I don't know Phoenix. Either. 
Because oh, I, it's like, on one hand, he seems like he's interesting, and I do love Jessica Chastain so much. On the other hand, can't I just wait for it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that she's finally confirmed to be part of it, can I just wait for that? Yeah. But anyway, back to what we were saying about Marvel yeah. vs. DC. DC, this is the dumbest fight on Earth. Um, Let me just say right now, I, I posted my shelf the other day of my comic book novels. I think people look at it, they'll see that it's pretty evenly split between Marvel and DC. Maybe a little bit more Marvel novels because there's more of them in existence. But, like, I really don't consider myself a fan of either company. I consider myself a fan of the, of the superhero genre. So, I'm excited for Aquaman. I think Teen Titans Go to the Movies looks like it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for Infinity War. I, oh boy, Deadpool 2, I have very bad feelings about, though, now. Yeah, you've heard, yeah. like, the, the, uh, yeah, I saw a thing that says it's a mess. I'm not honestly shocked. Ooh, it's too bad. No, yeah, I have, I thought the first one was okay, but so not what it was, I just, I, it wasn't what it was sold as to me. On the I, other hand, the other I liked Marvel, it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I I liked it. I just ugh. but anyway, the other Marvel movie that I saw on my birthday, Black Panther, that was a different story. Can I just say by the way how happy I am that, that the racist fans I'm sure they're out there, but I'm not hearing very much from them. Like I can bring the movie up on Twitter and not get attacked for it. The way that I can saying something nice about Michelle Obama. <laughs> yeah, that happened. I had I almost quit Twitter because of that. Oh, wow, anyway, that's lovely. Yeah, boy, that was racist. Um, but anyway, getting back to this whole Marvel versus DC thing, it's like, I like I like superheroes. I, I like people in capes. I don't understand why this has become such a defining war on the internet. Do y'all? No. When Marvel and DC uh, compete, everybody wins. Well, they re we really do. Yeah. A rising tide lifts all ships. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think Wonder Woman being strong in the marketplace <laughs> made things better for Black Panther. You know, I, I think a right, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't. And seriously. And it kind of shows a little back to what we were saying earlier. Like, people are not celebrating the fact that, like, a good movie made by a black director is at, like, grossed a billion dollars in like one month yeah that has never happened ever we can't celebrate in a movie that was aggressively his like you can see ryan coogler's fingerprints all over that movie and you know what's also good it's a really good movie too that's the thing like that's... like if you if you take like all the politics things out of it it's just a really good movie it's well written it's well acted it's really well paced it's well structured oh, the action's really good paced. Yeah, it's just a really aggressively good movie, and yet none of us are just so focused on this stupid bidding war that nobody except you all care about. It's 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 insane. I mean, we should seriously, we should be giddy that a Black Panther movie is a mega hit. And like you told me like ten years ago that a Black Panther movie directed by a black guy would gross more than a Star Wars movie over the course of a month, I would think you were insane. 
I would too. <laughs> but it happened. And here's the thing. Black Panther felt as revelatory to me as Star Wars did the first time. Yeah. Like, seriously, that's the bar at which I'm putting it is Black Panther felt as new to me as Star Wars did when I saw it the first time. That's exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting. We should be celebrating this. We should be celebrating the fact that, you know, but instead people are like, well, who got there first? Who, well, who really had the first black superhero in movie? Oh, shut the hell up. Nobody cares. Let me ask you something. Does anybody give a shit about Steel? Does anybody give a shit about fucking... Okay, actually, a lot of people gave a shit about Blade. But does, like, anybody (laughs) even talk about them anymore? Like, they don't matter now as much... They don't matter now as much as this does now. Blade was irrelevant. Exactly. Blade was irrelevant because Blade was a horror action movie. Yeah, nobody knew it was a comic movie. Now, for the record, it's extremely faithful to the original comics. And it, it's a tremendous Tomb of Dracula movie. Yeah. I know that. I guarantee you not one person listening to this knows that. But I know that, and it's why, it's why I love the first two Blade movies. Again, oh, here's a neat chance for us to dovetail things, pointing out that the second movie was directed by Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I'll forever love that they gave him a shot with that. I'll forever think that was awesome. I really, that, that was cool. Um, but it's just so absurd to me that we care about this stuff. Because you're right. Nobody but the corporate executives actually care about who's winning in this. And, and for the record, Marvel is winning. Let's be aggressively clear about that. I've seen Justice League. Marvel is winning. Oh, God, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I'm speaking to someone who has no mutual hatred or love of either company. Justice League made me just aggressively depressed. It wasn't you know, just it wasn't anger I felt watching it. I just felt aggressively sad. For like, like not I just on, felt I'm sad sorry. for like everybody. Not just everybody involved with it. I had to feel bad for like any fan of like these characters or just oh, good cinema in general. Because <laughs> like I don't even know much about these characters, and I'm just sitting there watching this movie like, this is a fucking nightmare. Why? Oh, why did it's it's a mess of a movie. It's not fun. It's not entertaining. It's boring. It's ugly as hell for a movie that has over three hundred dollars attached to its name. It oh it's hideous. Like the okay, color... when you when when Spawn the 1995 movie looks better than you, that's when you oh. know you fucked up. Oh. But you know why Spawn looked as the way that it did? Guillermo Navarro shot it. True. Uh, tremendous cinematographer. So that movie drips with atmosphere because it had an actual cinematographer. I forget who shot it, and it doesn't really matter. Because they then went and color graded to look fecal. Oh, God. Oh, and by the way, all of you who are trying to defend Henry Cavill's mustache removal, <laughs> no, it looked god awful. There was it a, looked weird. It was creepy. There was a guy, like, I saw a thing that's, uh, uh, some guy on the internet, uh, with, 
his own equipment. Like, you know, I don't know how Wouldn't much. Yeah, just redid it and did it better than, like, the millions of dollars they spent on that. I'm telling you, that movie, first of all, it would have been probably much better if they hadn't reshot it to all hell. There's an idea. Don't reshoot it to all hell. Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah, Joss Whedon. It's funny. He was the right guy for the Avengers. He was the wrong guy for this because his style clashed with Zack Snyder's so poorly. I love that in theory this was going to be us going into why uh, Marvel versus DC is a silly thing, and instead it's just turned into us ranting about justice. <laughs> yeah, but happy. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the thing is that like it shows you like both sides like to this thing have their issues, but when you get down to the fundamental fact, DC is really not having a good period right now and it's not just because of a like a a, a rival clash it's because the movies themselves are not turning out well listen i had a great time with um with batman versus superman do you know what phrase i used to describe it over and over again idiot movie (laughs) (laughs) it's an idiot movie it's a so when I hear people it's a movie about, where Batman literally rips off a sink and beats Superman over the head with it. Mm-hmm. This is nuts. So when I hear people going on and on about how smart it is, and let me be clear, I think most of the Marvel, I don't think Winter Soldier is nearly as smart as it was hyped as. I don't think Civil War is nearly as, I don't think they're smart movies. I think they're idiot movies too, fundamentally. Let me be clear about that. But I just think that's what all of these movies are idiot movies. It's just like various different the types Dark of idiots. Dark Knight is an idiot movie. I love <laughs> for, it. Yeah, for drastically different reasons, but like, it's still the fundamental concept, too. It's just, you can't make these movies and make them serious. So appreciate <laughs> them for being silly. Yeah. And so, and that's where Justice League failed for me, was that it didn't entertain me on a silly level. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, we live in a world where, like, two major hit movies star Talking Raccoon and Tree. Like... <laughs> but I felt something when the, with those characters. <laughs> exactly! That's the thing! Like, that shows you how fucking weird this time period is. Is that we can live in a world where a fucking raccoon and tree can make you cry. <laughs> Justice League, they couldn't pull off. Guardians of the Galaxy, they nailed. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane! The... Mm-hmm. Oh, and by and the that, way, and that's not a rival issue that we're that the thing here. We're not saying this is a quality thing. Like mm-hmm. I like, I liked Batman v Superman. I like Suicide Squad's a guilty pleasure of mine. I even thought Wonder Woman was pretty all right. But here's the thing: I, I don't compare them to. I don't compare them to Marvel movies because they're drastically different intentions. Like I would yeah. not compare Wonder Woman to like Thor Ragnarok or Guardians the Galaxy v- Volume Two. Like, they're drastically different in both intentions and scope. Yeah. They're their own things. I just... And it's... Fundamentally, it's like... Why can't we enjoy both? I mean, the reason that we can't enjoy both is that, as I... Is that, again, there's kind of a quality issue here. But, like, it actually upsets me that DC isn't doing better. Because I want them to be firing it off. I think the problem is they don't know what they're doing. I, I really think that's the fundamental problem. I think Kevin Feige is one of the all-time great producers uh-huh. because he knows what he's doing. He has a clear vision. 
He understands what he's doing. There's nobody like that at at, at Warner Brothers in DC. Mm-hmm. There's just not. By the way, Lola has slept this entire time. <laughs> We're yelling. Yeah, I'm like yelling, and she's. It's crazy being being a parent is weird. Being a parent is weird, but again, I just I look at these movies and I'm like, these are good movies, you know. Marvel, but this is the thing: DC has good movies. They're the direct-to-video ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DC has great movies. The direct-to-video ones, select I mean, ones. <laughs> by and large, I I would watch one of their movies any day. Don't be wrong. Batman and Harley Quinn is everything that it was trashed as. Why the hell did I pay to see that in a theater? I'm like, I'm like, I'm mad at myself for that. No movie has made me like, I'm mad at myself for doing that the way that one did. Because I was excited. I was going to get to watch one of these direct-to-video movies in a theater. And it was that one. Yeah, I, I, I got excited about the movie where Harley Quinn rapes Nightwing. Oh, God. And she has two asses. What? Rip. Oh, that's not that's not me pulling stuff out of context. That's stuff that's in the movie that I've seen in a theater. Wow. Oh, my God. I walked out and I was like, I'm sick as a dog. I wish I I wish I'd stayed home sick. I wish I'd gotten a refund on my tickets. Oof. I just I don't know. I don't get it. I just all of this is silly. Mm-hmm. And that may be, I think, the fundamental thing that I think is so silly about all of this. If I can bring this to a grand unified theory is that. Complain treating fandom the way that we treat it, it's silly to me. Like, can't you be happy that we're getting all this good stuff? Like, that's just it. Mm-hmm. If you were a comic book fan 25 years ago, imagine how you would feel looking at all this stuff that we've got. You've got Star Wars coming out regularly. You know, you've got an annual Star Wars movie to look forward to. You've got Marvel and DC movies coming out. You've got other comic book companies releasing movies. You've got all this amazing stuff. Why are you not happy? Like, I see people complain that Stranger Things is like, they're like, well, it's just playing into into what fanboys like. Why are you not happy about that? It's good at it. So seriously, why are we not happy? We have an abundance of quality. Why are we not happy? I guess it's because to them it's just not good enough. Like this whole thing that we're getting is just not good enough for them. Even though most of what we're getting now is probably a lot better than what we could have gotten back then. It's the it's the uh, Pat Oswalt uh, thing. Like he talks about. Yeah, he ta- I forgot which show. I think it was like cell phones. Cool. Well, yeah. not so well. Cell phones, yeah, but there's something about. Uh... Oh, maybe that's Lucy K. But still, oh yeah, it's, it's Lucy K. Saying like, like, oh, I'm sitting here with my phone and I'm sending a message up to space and coming down and I'm, yeah. I'm not happy about that. Yeah. Did you send a message into space? It's like everything is awesome and nobody's happy. I hate it. We need to be happy. We need to enjoy this. I have, okay. I just moved, so I have a really good perspective on this. I could carry a box filled with 10 graphic novels, 
and it would and it would hurt my back. I can carry my cell phone with 10 graphic novels and it weighs less than a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. Future is here and it's awesome. It's amazing. The technology is great. We just need to be happy about it. And it's the same way for fandom. I'm not saying you have to like all of this stuff. Complain when it's bad. I just did about Justice League. But be happy. Be happy you've got it. And I don't know. It's all silly. It's it's all ridiculous. Those are my like, thoughts on this subject. Like when you get down to it, a lot of the things we're talking about, when you break them down into the most simplest context, are really dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, like that's what, what, what's what, what, what Star Wars about? It's about it's about like capitalist uh, Nazis being fought against like space wizards with light with like swords <laughs> made out of lasers. It's silly. It's stupid. It's, it's wonderful. Like the movie that won Best Picture is about a woman falling in love with a, like the creature with the black lagoon and like yeah like a, the one that won Best Original Screenplay is about like black people being used as like mind controlling meat bag robots like that's yeah. it's, it's really, ridiculous it's ridiculous but it's like it shows you how far context goes because when that when that's revealed it's like oh shit that's mm -hmm. that's what's going on because yeah it's ridiculous in a way that's like not like funny it's like really really fucked up yeah, yeah. oh yeah get out is get out of something as i said our next cast is going to be on the bloom house uh machine we're going to look at the bloom house machine next mm -hmm. i'm really looking forward to that so but i just you're right it's silly and it's but it's fun and and that's been the fun of this is getting to just go into it and i don't know just chill have a quaalude yeah i this is this has been fun this has been fun uh samantha do you have any final points that you want to make because i want to make I sure just... you get Okay, yeah. I just want to say one last thing to anyone. It's okay to dislike or like something. It's okay to have be a part of a fandom. It's okay to enjoy the things you do, even if you people say that they're against moral their moral codes or stuff like that. Be it homophobia, transphobia, stuff, racism, stuff like that. As long as you acknowledge that, that fact, there is nothing wrong with it. What is wrong is complaining about things that don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Stop complaining about the how and focus on the why. Brilliantly put. If you're Brilliantly wondering put. how he eats and breathes and other science facts, just repeat to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. <laughs> Speaking of fandoms that are fucking crazy... Yeah, <laughs> they are. They are. Yeah. Uh, I I uh, I so hope they get their stretch goal and get to do a talking cat. By the way. Oh, um, that'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm tempted to give just for that, but uh, it has been Samantha. It's been a pleasure having you on. We will have. Oh, you on thank again. you. Yeah. Thanks for coming uh, on. I'm, you're welcome. It was a real treat to do this. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we so. Where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on Facebook at Samantha Walker. You can find me on Letterboxd um, at Samantha, um, not Samantha, Ariel Rocks 5. And on Twitter as Samantha, Ready Player Samantha at the moment. But my Ooh, nice. at is uh, 
Ariel Rocks 5. I'm also on Tumblr, but you don't want to follow me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Not, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's, uh, let's say it's a lot of uh, not safe for work material there. <laughs> or most people's Tumblrs are. <laughs> That's my kind of yeah. Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we will be back next time. And as you can find us at uh, thefilmroom.org. Mm-hmm. I'm at Untitled User. I am at Permanent Man Productions on Twitter. And check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the film room. Guys, we have stuff we want to do. Help us do it. Yay. So next week we'll be, we'll be back. We're going to take a look at the Bloomhouse machine. That's our next cast. We're going to take a moment to tear into the Bloomhouse machine and study why are they working so well. So mm-hmm. that'll be next time. But until then, later. Bye, everybody. Peace. some trouble when you worry you make it double don't worry be happy don't worry be happy now Place to 